ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so today we're going to discuss the topic of intercession we have reached the chapter in Kitab Tawheed, the chapter of intercession, Babu Shafa'ah. Firstly then, what is intercession? The word Shafa'ah in the Arabic language, it indicates when two things come together, i.e. like you say in English, even and odd. So Shafa'ah is even, when the two come together. And in reality, that is what it indicates, because Shafa'ah, Intercession or intermediary is basically when one person seeks the aid of another person to speak on his behalf to someone else. So I am unable, I am person A, and I am unable to get to person C. But I do know somebody, a person B, one of my friends who knows person C. So I asked my friend person B, to go and speak on my behalf to person C. That's clear. Intercession, using an intermediary, bringing somebody to yourself to speak on your behalf. So when you bring this other person into the equation, who's now going to speak on your behalf with that person, it's now become a pairing. And that's intercession. That you've become a pairing now, this person is going to speak on behalf of the other person, to get whatever is required. That is what intercession means linguistically. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan, he mentions here, الشفاعه معناها التوسط في قضاء حاجة المحتاج لدى من هي عنده. It is to intermediate, to speak on behalf of someone, in order to uh, fix some need that a person has. Person A has a need, he can't get to person C, but person B can. So A speaks to B to go on his behalf to C, to arrange that problem or to fix that issue, whatsoever it may be. سُمِّيَتْ بِذَلِكَ لِأَنَّ طَالِبَ الْحَاجَةِ كَانَ مُنْفَرِدًا فِي الْأَوَّلِ It is known as شَفَاعَةً because person A initially was by himself. Person A was sat there by himself with this problem, whatever problem he's got. ثُمَّ انضَمَّ إِلَيْهِ الْوَاسِطَ شَفَعَ هُوْ فِي الطَّلَبِ Then this person B became involved into the equation, who's now going to go and speak on behalf of A to C. So now A and B come together, have become an even number. So that is what شَفَعَ is. That somebody will speak on your behalf, will intermediate for you uh, on your behalf with someone else. With regards to this shafa'ah, what do we say? If somebody says to you then, is this intermediary thing allowed or not in Islam? Are you allowed to go through someone who speaks on your behalf in religious affairs? Is shafa'ah intercession allowed Islamically? So what is the answer? 
Yes. Yes. Everybody saying yes. In that case, what's your problem with the Sufis who go to the graves and they make dua to the dead people to take their needs to Allah? They are intermediate. They are asking those dead people to intermediate for them. They are asking those dead people, you are such righteous, great imams, speak on our behalf to Allah, take our dua to Allah. What's wrong with that then? If you're all saying intercession is allowed? Living people only. Living people only, you can go and seek intercession from them. So you go to a kafir and you ask him to make dua for you. <laughs> With its conditions. With its conditions. So what you have to explain to somebody is, intercession has conditions. When those conditions are in place, then the intercession is correct. When the conditions are not in place, then it's incorrect. The scholars basically mention two conditions. You can split them into three. It's the same thing. One of those conditions is that it must be by the permission of Allah, بِإِذْنِ And that is mentioned in Ayat Al-Kursi. مَنْ ذَا الَّذِي يَشْفَعُ عِنْدَهُ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِهِ Who is it that can make the intercession with Allah except by His permission? So it requires the Ithn of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that intercession. The second condition for the intercession to be correct is what? That Allah must be pleased with the person making the intercession and the one who the intercession is being made for. That Allah is pleased with the one making the intercession, speaking on behalf of the other person, and the other person who he is speaking on behalf of, Allah has to be pleased with him too. So both of those individuals have to be from amongst those whom Allah is pleased with. And what does that mean? Who are the people Allah is pleased with? The people of Tawheed. So they must be the people of Tawheed. Hence the example regarding the kafir. So the intercession must be from the people of Tawheed. And it must be done on behalf of the people of Tawheed. There is one example which will come, which is an exception we'll mention later. So... That is the intercession which is correct. Done by the permission of Allah, done by somebody who is upon Tawheed, on behalf of somebody who is upon Tawheed, so Allah is pleased with them, not upon the way of shirk. So now when they go to the graves, and they make dua to the deceased in the graves, to take their dua to Allah, and they say, this is intercession. You people, Ahlul Sunnah, you affirm intercession. That's all we're doing, intercession. Going to this person, he's taking my dua on my behalf to Allah. I'm not making uh, ibadah to this dead person in the grave. I'm not making worship to him. Just intercession. He's taking my dua to Allah on my behalf because he was a big righteous imam and I'm such a sinner. So I'm asking the righteous imam to take my dua to Allah. This type of intercession is incorrect from all angles. There is no permission of Allah for this type of activity. For you to go to the graves of the deceased and make dua to them and ask them to take your dua to Allah. This type of intercession is not affirmed or proven anywhere in the authentic sunnah or in the Quran. In fact, there is evidence that proves the opposite. That this type of intercession is absolutely incorrect. There is evidence that proves going to the deceased and asking them to take your intercession etc. to Allah is actually incorrect. And the Sahaba knew it was incorrect and they purposely did not do it. What is the example of that? In which hadith? 
ذهبوا عند من؟ So there is an example when the Prophet was alive first. There's an example when the Prophet was alive. Hadith in Bukhari. There was a drought. There was a drought. So a man came and he said to the Prophet make dua for us. Make dua for us. Ask Allah, make dua that the rain comes. And so the Prophet made dua. He was on the khutbah on the Friday. He made the dua and it's mentioned as the man left then the clouds, they poured their rain everywhere. Then the man came back afterwards. He said, oh messenger of Allah, it's everywhere. So then the Prophet made dua that it be upon the mountains, the valleys, etc. Not upon the drowning of the cattle and other affairs. So that was an example of when somebody went to the Prophet and asked him to make the dua for them regarding the rain and to ask Allah for the rainfall. Then later, there is another occasion where the Prophet ﷺ had now passed away. And there was another occasion when a drought occurred. The Prophet ﷺ had now passed away. And there was another situation of a drought. So now the companions, who did they go to, to ask him, you make the dua, you uh, seek the dua regarding the rainfall, who did they go to? Ibn Abbas, or the, uh, the uncle Abbas. They went to Abbas radiallahu anhu, the uncle of the Prophet sallallahu and they said to him, you make dua regarding the rainfall for the drought to end, etc. Why did the companions go to Abbas radiallahu anhu, and they did not go to the Prophet sallallahu who was also there, buried amongst them in Medina? Why did they not go to the Prophet sallallahu and they chose Abbas instead? Who is superior? The Prophet ﷺ or Abbas The Prophet ﷺ. Is it conceivable? Is it understandable in any way that the companions, the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, who loved the Prophet ﷺ more than us, who had understanding of the religion more than us, is it conceivable or understandable in any way, comprehensible, that they would choose to not bother going to the Prophet ﷺ and instead pick somebody else who is inferior. Why would they do that? Wouldn't that be disrespect? Wouldn't that be something dispraiseworthy for them not to go to the Prophet ﷺ to forget that and go somewhere else? Wouldn't that be dispraiseworthy you would think? So why did they do it? Because they knew it was now no longer permissible and possible to go to the Prophet ﷺ after he had died. If it was allowed to do that, if it was allowed to go to the deceased, to the Prophet ﷺ, not just anybody deceased, to the Prophet ﷺ, if it was allowed to go to the deceased and ask them for this type of intercession, ask them to make the dua for you on your behalf after they've died, if that was allowed, then surely the companions would not have chosen Abbas or anybody else, they would have gone straight to the Prophet ﷺ. Why would they choose anybody else if the Prophet ﷺ is right there with them, buried? If they knew, if it was allowed, if it was allowed to go to the dead people and ask them to take your dua to Allah, then why would the companions not go to the Prophet ﷺ? Instead they went to somebody else. Why would they go to somebody else? Because they knew it's not allowed. It wasn't an option. It wasn't an option to go to the Prophet ﷺ, who had deceased now, to go to him and ask him to take the dua to Allah, etc. That wasn't an option now. That's why they chose somebody else and they went to Abbas. If it was allowed, 
If it was allowed, then there is nobody who is going to be able to explain in any way why the companions didn't take that option then. If it was allowed, it was allowed that you could go to the Prophet ﷺ who has died, or you can go to Abbas. Who would you choose? The Prophet ﷺ. But it wasn't allowed. That's why they couldn't go to the Prophet ﷺ, and they went to Abbas instead. So that narration shows to you clearly, that companions knew this aqidah, they knew this understanding. Now you can't go to the deceased people now, because if you could, then no doubt they would have gone to the Prophet ﷺ. But they did not, because they knew that is impermissible. So this type of shafa'ah, the people they do, going to the graves, going to the deceased, asking them to take their dua to Allah. In reality, it is the same type of shirk that the mushrikeen used to do. Because the mushrikeen, when they were questioned, they would say, هَؤُلَاءِ شُفَعَاءُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ They would say, these idols, etc., whatever, they are just our intermediaries. They are just our intermediaries. مَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ إِلَّا لِيُقَرِّبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ زُلْفَىٰ We don't worship them except that they will bring us closer to Allah. They will be on our behalf with Allah and they will bring us closer to Allah. That's what they used to say. They used to say we are interceding with them. They will bring us closer to Allah. But Allah termed all of this behavior of theirs as shirk. They would term, it was termed all as shirk. And that's why Shaykh Al-Fawzani says here, أَنَّهُ لَمَّا كَانَ الْمُشْرِكُونَ قَدِيمًا وَحَدِيثًا يَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ الْأَصْنَامِ وَالْأَشْجَارِ وَالْأَحْجَارِ وَالْقُبُورِ وَالْأَضْرِحَةِ وَالْأَوْلِيَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ وَالْمَلَائِكَةِ وَالْأَنْبِيَاءِ فَإِذَا أَنْكَرَ عَلَيْهِمْ أَوْ أُنْكِرَ عَلَيْهِمْ ذَلِكَ قَالُوا هَؤُلَاءِ شُفَعَاءُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ Shaykh Al-Fawzan says the mushrikeen of the past and the present. They, the ones who used to worship others besides Allah, these, the, the idols, the trees, the graves, the shrines, the awliya, the righteous, the angels, the prophets, those mushrikeen who used to worship all of those others, when you refuted them, you rebuked them, you told them this is haram, impermissible shirk, they would say, no, Allah. They would say, these are only our intercessors between us and Allah. نَحْنُ نَعْلَمُ أَنَّهُمْ مَخْلُقُونَ they would say, we know these are just created things. We're not saying these are God. They know, they would say, we know they are just created. They say, we know these things are created. We know that the control of everything is with Allah. But these people, they have a great rank and status with Allah. That's what they would say. We know they are created, we know Allah is the one who controls everything, but these were great righteous people though. They have rank and status and respect with Allah, honor with Allah. نُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ أَنْ يَشْفَعُوا لَنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ We just want them, these great righteous people who are respected and honored with Allah, we just want them to take our dua to Allah, to speak on our behalf to Allah. That's what we want. We're not worshipping them, that's what they would say. فَيَذْبَحُونَ لِلْأَوْلِيَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ وَالْأَشْجَارِ وَالْأَحْجَارِ وَيَسْتَغِيثُونَ بِهِمْ وَيَسْرُفُونَ لَهُمْ أَنْوَاعِ الْإِبَادَةِ فَإِذَا أُنْكِرَ عَلِهِمْ قَالُوا غَرَضُنَا مِنْ ذَلِكَ هُوَ شَفَاعَ فَقَطْ فَبَيَّنَ اللَّهُ أَنَّ ذَلِكَ هُوَ الشَّرْكِ So whenever you refuted these types of people, they were slaughtering, they were doing all types of worship there, and then they would say in the end, no, but we are just seeking intercession. They're just going to speak on our behalf to Allah, that's it. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declared this action of theirs 
this justification of theirs, it was still declared as them being upon shirk. Allah said in the Quran, وَيَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَضُرُّهُمْ وَلَا يَنْفَعُهُمْ وَيَقُولُونَ هَؤُلَا إِشُفَعَاؤُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ That they worship others besides Allah who do not harm them, they do not bring them any good. And then they say, but these are just our intermediaries with us and Allah. So Allah rebuked that. يَقُولُونَ نَحْنُ نَعْلَمُ أَنَّهُمْ مَخْلُوقُونَ وَأَنَّهُمْ لَيْسَ لَهُمْ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ شَيْءٍ وَلَكِنَّنَا فَعَلْنَا ذَلِكَ مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ يَشْفَعُوا لَنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ لِأَنَّ لَهُمْ مَكَانَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ They say we know they are just created, but we're just asking them so that they will take our dua to Allah, etc. Uh, Allah mentioned in the Quran, وَالَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا مِن دُونِهِ أَوْلِيَاءِ يعني يعبدونهم ما نعبدهم أي اعترفوا أنهم يعبدونهم إلا ليقربون إلى الله زلفا Those people they actually admitted that they used to worship these other deities because Allah says in the Quran they said ما نعبدهم إلا ليقربون إلى الله زلفا We don't worship them except for one reason So they admitted that they worship them We don't worship them except for one reason that they will bring us closer to Allah they will be intermediaries for us and bring us closer to Allah, get us closer to Allah. So they admitted that they worship them. So all of this was declared as impermissible, was declared as kufr. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said regarding this statement of theirs, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَحْكُمُ بَيْنَهُمْ فِي مَا هُمْ فِيهِ يَخْتَلِفُونَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَهْدِي مَنْ هُوَ كَاذِبٌ كَفَّارٌ Allah said regarding them, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَهْدِي مَنْ هُوَا كَاذِبٌ كَفَّارٌ That they are liars and they are disbelievers. Even though they were saying, we're not worshipping them, they're just our intermediaries, they're just taking our dua to Allah, getting us closer to Allah. Allah says regarding them, with all of these justifications of theirs, they are liars, they are disbelievers. Liars and disbelievers. So all of this justification of theirs, it was all turned to dust, it was not accepted. سَمَّا فِعْلَهُمْ هَذَا كَذِبًا وَسَمَّاهُ كُفْرًا وَلَمْ تَنْفَعُهُمْ اِتِذَارَاتِهِمْ Their action, what they were doing, was termed as lies, and termed as disbelief. And their justifications did not uh, help them in any way. وَذَلِكَ لِأَنَّهُمْ قَاسُوا الْخَالِقِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى عَلَى مُلُوكِ الدُّنْيَا And one of the reasons is because the people who do this, they say we're sinners, we've got so many mistakes, we can't get close to Allah. These great righteous people will go to them, make dua to them to take our dua to Allah, seek intermediary from them, intercession from them, and they'll get us closer to Allah. The Shaykh says one of the great faults in this thoughts, in this thought of theirs, in this idea of theirs, is that they are comparing Allah to the creation. They are comparing Allah to the kings of this world. فَكَمَا أَنَّهُمْ مِنْ عَادَتِهِمْ عِنْدَ مُلُوكِ الدُّنْيَا أَنَّهُمْ يُوَسْطُونَ شُفَعَاءَ بَيْنَهُمْ وَبَيْنَ الْمُلُوكِ فِي قَضَاءِ حَوَائِجِهِمْ So just like in the leaders of this world, the kings and the prime ministers and the presidents, normal common people can't just walk up to the president or the prime minister. You require intermediaries. You need to know this counselor, that counselor, that person, that person. And then these people slowly one to the next to the next, they'll be able to pass on your message to the leader of the country. He says, the shaykh says, they, these mushrikeen made a similar type of comparison. They said, we can't get to Allah. Just like you can't get straight to the prime minister, to the president, to the king. You need to go through the secretary, write to this person, write to this counselor, write to that MP. And eventually your letter will get through maybe to their leader. They said, that's what we need to do. 
We can't go directly to Allah. We have to go through this one and that one and this righteous one and that righteous one. And then eventually our dua will be taken up through these intermediaries. So the shaykh says they made a great error in this, that they compared Allah to creation in that way. قَاسُوا اللَّهَ جَلَّ وَعَلَى بِخَلْقِهِ اتَّخَذُوا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ شُفَعَا كَمَا اتَّخِذُونَهُمْ عِنْدَ الْمُلُوكِ وَالرُؤَسَاءِ وَهَذَا بَاطِلٍ لِأَنَّهُ تَسْوِيَ بَيْنَ الْخَالِقِ وَالْمَخْلُوقِ فَإِنَّ مُلُوكَ الدُّنْيَا أَوْ السَّلَاطِينِ الدُّنْيَا أَوْ سَلَاطِينِ الدُّنْيَا أَوْ رُؤَسَاءِ النَّاسِ فِي الدُّنْيَا يَقْبَلُونَ شَفَاعَةَ لِحَاجَتِهِمْ إِلَى ذَلِكَ لِحَاجَتِهِمْ إِلَى ذَلِكَ وَذَلِكَ لِأَنَّ الْمَلِكَ أَوْ الرَّئِيسَ بِحَاجَةٍ إِلَى الْوَزَرَاءِ وَالْمُسْتَشَارِينَ لِيُعِينُوهُ عَلَى أُمُورِ الْمُلْكِ فَلَوْ لَمْ يَقْبَلْ شَفَاعَتَهُمْ لَنَفَرُوا مِنْهُ وَلَمْ يُعِينُوهُ وَاللَّهُ جَلَّ وعلا غَنِيٌّ عَنْ خَلْقِهِ لَيْسَ بِحَاجَةٍ إِلَى أَنْ يُعِينَهُ أَحَدٌ بِخِلَافِ الْمُلُوكِ وَالسَّلَاطِينِ فَهُمْ بِحَاجَةٍ The Shaykh then goes on to explain that this comparison that they made is actually completely false. The people of this world, the leaders and the rulers, are themselves in need of having these ministers and MPs and everything else. They are in need of that. Because the rulers of this world, they can't deal with everything themselves. It wouldn't be possible if the ruler of the country said, all of my people, the 10 million, everybody's got a problem, you can just come to my door. It wouldn't be possible. It would be impossible for that to occur in that way for the rulers of this world. They literally, physically couldn't take on board the statements and the suggestions and the meetings with everybody themselves. They physically couldn't do that. They are in need of deputies. They are in need of appointing a counselor here, a counselor there, who will deal with the people there, will deal with the people there. Because the rulers of this world do not have the capacity and the ability to overrule everything and to see everything themselves. They need people in the areas, in the regions, in the districts. So the rulers of this world themselves are in need of that. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of that. He hears the dua of every single person. He is aware of every single thing. He is not in need of any, any deputies or anybody to have a look at what's going on here, what's going on in that part of the country, what's going on there. So this is a false comparison they made in the first place. وَأَيْضًا مُلُوكِ الدُّنْيَا وَالصَّلَاطِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ أَحْوَالَ الرَّعِيَّةِ فَهُمْ بِحَاجَةٍ إِلَى هَؤُلَاءِ لِيُبَلِّغُوا حَاجَاتِ النَّاسِ وَأَحْوَالَ النَّاسِ فَإِذَا بَلَغَهُمْ هَؤُلَاءِ الْوَصَائِدْ وَشُفَعَا فَقَدْ بَلَّغُوهُمْ and the shaykh says, like we just mentioned there now, that the rulers of this world, the ruler of a country, for example, he doesn't know what's going on in all of his country. The only way he can know that, if he appoints deputies in the different regions, then those deputies report back to him, this is happening in our area. The other one says, we need this issue in our area sorting out. The deputies then fill him in. He is in need of that. But the uh, uh, comparison cannot be made to Allah because Allah is aware of everything. So these types of examples that they gave and these types of comparisons that they made, they are false comparisons. They are false types of analogies. Rather, Allah hears the dua of everyone. He is the dua of every single person and answers to whom he wills to answer. So that is regarding the brief introduction into what shafa'a is. That shafa'a, if it is affirmed, if it is positive, if it is correct, it must be with those three conditions. And if it is missing any of those conditions, it is the false type of intercession. Now then, looking at the different types of intercession that will actually occur. On the day of judgment, it is mentioned that there are certain types of intercession that will occur. There are certain types of intercession, the affirmed 
proven types of intercession with the conditions in place that will take place on the Day of Judgment. Some of those intercessions that will take place on the Day of Judgment are specific to the Prophet ﷺ. And some of them that will take place are general, that all of the people will be able to make those intercessions. So what are the types of intercession that are specific to the Prophet ﷺ on the Day of Judgment? So it's seeking intercession for what to occur. So there is a shafa'a al-udma, and this is wahiy al-maqam al-mahmud, wahiy alati takunu min al-rasul sallam li ahl al-mawqif. Ida tala al-wuquf ala ahl al-mawqif, iltamasu man yashfa'u lahum ila Allah fi al-qadai bainahum wa irahatihim min al-mawqif. Fayatuna ila Adam al-hadith. When the people are resurrected and they are upon the plains, the lands of resurrection, and all of the difficulties that they face at that time, it's mentioned about the sun coming close to the earth and the people in their sweat and there is no shade and all of those affairs that are mentioned. The fear and the fright that the people they are upon. So when they are in that great state, in that fright, in that terror, they want to get out of that. They want the accountability, the judgment to begin so they can get out of this terrifying situation that they are in. So then it's mentioned in the hadith, the people, they look to each other and they say, Can you not see what great calamity we are in? So they say, find someone who will intercede on our behalf with Allah. Find someone who will go and speak to Allah on our behalf so that we can move along from this position where we are in now, and move along and start doing the accountability and get out of this terrifying position. So then it's mentioned that they initially go to Adam alayhi salam. فَيَأْتُونَ إِلَىٰ آدَمْ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ ثُمَّ إِلَىٰ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ نَبِيًّا نَبِيًّا كُلُّهُمْ يَعْتَذِرُونَ They go to Adam alayhi salam, he excuses himself from doing that. They go to Ibrahim alayhi salam, Musa alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam, Nuh alayhi salam. Everybody excuses himself from going and making this intercession for them. Until they eventually come to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam. Hatta yantahu ila Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam. They eventually end up at Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And when they eventually end up at the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam, and they ask him, فيقول, he says, Ana laha. I am the one to make it. I am the one who can make this intercession. Ana laha. I am the one for it. Then the Prophet ﷺ falls down in prostration in front of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes him aware and opens up to him all types of praises that he did not know before. فَلَا يَزَالُ سَاجِدًا حَتَّى يُقَالُ لَهُ And so the Prophet ﷺ remains in that prostration until it is said to him, يَا مُحَمَّدْ اِرْفَعْ رَأْسَكَ وَسَلْ تُعْطَى وَشْفَعْ تُشَفَّعْ O Muhammad, raise your head. Ask and you will be given, intercede and you will be given that intercession. هَذَا فِيهِ أَنَّ الرَّسُولَ ﷺ لَا يَشْفَعُ ابْتِدَاءً وَإِنَّمَا يَشْفَعُ بَعْدَ الْإِسْتِذَّانِ 
That indicates to you the Prophet ﷺ, when he falls into that prostration before Allah, he does not make the intercession immediately until the permission is given to him. Allah then says, raise your head and ask and seek the intercession, you'll be given it. So that is the indication that the permission is there now. So then the Prophet ﷺ makes that intercession. There is another type of intercession that is also specific to the Prophet ﷺ. Before that one, there's another one. On the Day of Judgment, specific to the Prophet ﷺ. The uncle one is the exception one. But before that, with all of the conditions in place, there is another intercession that will occur on the Day of Judgment. Is that the pond? Not the pond. When all of the affairs of the Day of Judgment have occurred, and the people have crossed over the bridge. When they have crossed over the bridge, and they've gone past the Qantara, and the people of paradise now arrive at the doors of paradise, they find that the doors of paradise are closed. They go over the bridge, and when they come to paradise to enter, they find that the gates of paradise are closed. So again, they go to the various prophets and the messengers and all of the prophets and messengers. They excuse themselves until they eventually come to the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ again. And he is the one who makes the intercession for the gates of paradise to be opened. That is another specific intercession for the Prophet ﷺ. There is another one which is differed about somewhat. There's a slight difference over it. But some of the scholars, they mention that there is an intercession that the Prophet ﷺ will make for the people who are already in paradise. For their rank and status to be raised in paradise to higher levels. Some of the scholars, they mention that, some of them do not, slightly differed over, but some of them say that there is an intercession that the Prophet ﷺ will make for the people who are already in paradise, for them to have their rank and their status and their level raised. Shafa'atuhu ﷺ fi ba'di ahli al-jannah the shafa'ah of the Prophet ﷺ for some of the people of paradise to have their status and their rank and their level raised up. But that is different about somewhat. Then there is another one. Uh, it's different about because some of the people, some of the scholars have mentioned that type of intercession. It may not be specific to the Prophet ﷺ. The other people may be able to do it too. But it is mentioned that there is this inter intercession for the raising of the people in their ranks. The fourth type of intercession you could mention then that is specific to the Prophet ﷺ, certainly specific to the Prophet ﷺ, is the intercession that he made for his uncle Abu Talib. شَفَاعَتُهُ صَلَى الْعِسَلَّمُ فِي عَمِّهِ أَبِي طَالِبِ وَذَلِكَ أَنَّ أَبَا طَالِبِ كَانَتْ مَوَاقِفُهُ مَعَ الرَّسُولَ سَلَّمُ وَتَأْيِيدُهُ لَهُ وَحِمَايَتُهُ مِنْ أَذَى قَوْمِهِ كُلُّهَا مَعْرُوفَة وَأَنَّهُ صَبَرَ مَعْهُ عَلَى الْأَذَى وَعَلَى الْحِصَارِ وَالضِّيكِ فَهُوَ بَذَلَ مَعْرُسَ أَسَسَلَّمْ شَيْئًا عَظِيمًا مِنَ الْحِمَايَةِ وَالنُّصْرَةِ وَالدِّفَاعَ عَنْهُ وَهَذَا مِنْ تَسْخِيرِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى وَتَيْسِيرِ اللَّهِ حَيْثُ صَخَّرَ هَذَا الْكَافِرِ لِحِمَايَةِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَحَرَصَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ 
حتى إنه زاره وهو يحتضر وقال له يا عم قل لا إله إلا الله كلمة نحاج لك بها عند الله إلا أنه كان عنده حضرة من المشركين قالوا له أترغب عن ملة عبد المطلب فأخذته النخوة والعياذ بالله والحمية الجاهلية وقال هو على ملة عبد المطلب ومات ولم يقل لا إله إلا الله فصار من أهل النار فالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يشفع له في تخفيف العذاب عنه يوم القيامة لا في إخراجه من النار فلا يتعارض هذا مع قوله فما تنفعهم شفاعة شافعين لأنها لم تنفع أبا طالب بالخروج من النار وإنما نفعته في تخفيف العذاب عنه This intercession regarding the uncle of the Prophet Sallallahu Al-Fawzan says this is from the the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed this affair that a kafir, Abu Talib, the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ, who was a kafir, died upon kufr. Yet despite being a kafir, it is known in the seerah that the Prophet ﷺ's uncle Abu Talib, Abu Talib defended the Prophet ﷺ and he aided the Prophet ﷺ and he protected him against the harm of the mushrikeen to such an extent that he himself, Abu Talib, ended up having to experience that harm himself too from the mushrikeen in line of defending the Prophet ﷺ. So he did all of that during his lifetime, protecting and defending and aiding the Prophet ﷺ. It's even mentioned in those verses of poetry that Al-Imam ibn Kathir mentioned in Al-Bidayah wa Nihaya that Abu Talib, he said, that I know the best of all of the religions of mankind that has come in the revelations is the religion of Muhammad. And was it not for the blameworthiness, the blameworthiness of the people, etc., then I would have followed that religion. So he mentions in, the, in this poetry, which is attributed to him, that he knew that the revelation, it was the truth. He knew that Muhammad ﷺ had come with the truth. But his feeling of blameworthiness, and his association and attachment to that jahiliyyah and their old ways prevented him from accepting that truth and he didn't accept it. He felt that it would be blameworthy that his forefathers worshipped all these idols if he abandoned them now. So these types of emotions of jahiliyyah, they prevented him and he didn't accept Islam. So when he was on his deathbed, the Prophet ﷺ went to him and he said to him, Oh uncle, say la ilaha illallah. Something that you can have a case made for you on the day of judgment, it will defend you and protect you. But he refused in the end, he remained upon the religion of his forefathers because the mushrikeen were there present as well. And they kept saying to him, are you going to leave the religion of your forefathers? So then the Prophet ﷺ, he would say again, Ya am قُلْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ They would say, Are you going to leave the religion of your forefathers, Abdul Muttalib? So in the end, he did not, he could not do it. He remained upon the religion of his forefathers and he died upon that disbelief. However, the Prophet ﷺ made intercession for him for his punishment in the fire to be reduced. Not that he should be removed from the fire. Kafir died upon kufr, he's in the fire. So the intercession was not to remove him from the fire. The intercession was simply to reduce the level of punishment upon Abu Talib in the fire. And that is why there is no contradiction between this event 
and the ayah in the Quran where Allah says regarding the mushrikeen, فَمَا تَنْفَعُهُمْ شَفَاعَةُ شَافِعِينَ That the intercession of the people who make intercession on behalf of the mushrikeen, it will not benefit the mushrikeen. Here there is no contradiction. Because the shafa'ah of the Prophet ﷺ, it was not to exit Abu Talib from the fire. So has he benefited? He's still in the fire. He's still being punished. And in fact, even though his punishment was reduced, Abu Talib still thinks in that punishment how severe it is, with his brain boiling from the coals under his feet, that he is still in the greatest punishment in the fire, he thinks. How severe it is. So he's not benefited from the shafa'ah in that way. He's still in the fire, he's still thinking how severe it is that it is the greatest punishment. He hasn't exited from the fire. So in that way, there is no contradiction. The punishment was lightened, but he was not exited from the fire. And so there is no uh, uh, contradiction in that affair. Then there are other types of intercession that some of the scholars, they say they are specific to the Prophet ﷺ. And other scholars have mentioned evidences to indicate that they are general. That the believers will be able to do these intercessions. The angels will be able to do these intercessions. Some of those are the intercession that will be done on that day on behalf of the believers, the people of Tawheed who had sins. And as a consequence of these sins, they deserved to go to the fire. Temporarily to be punished and cleansed until they go to paradise in the end. They deserved to go to the hellfire. But an intercession will be made for them so that they do not go to the fire and indeed go directly to paradise. That is mentioned. That some of the people who deserved to go to the fire, because of some sins they had committed, they were people of Tawheed, but sins they had committed, they deserved to go to the fire. But intercession will be made for them, and they will be saved and go to paradise directly instead. Similarly, there is an intercession. So that is Al-Khamis Ashafa'a fi man istahaqqa al-nar min ahli tawheed an la yadkhulaha. The next one was Ashafa'a fi man dakhala al-nar min ahli tawheed an yakhruja minha. The intercession that is made for people of Tawheed who had sins that did end up entering the hellfire. Intercession is made on their behalf to have them exited. And that again is something general. That again is something general. These last two are in reality general. There are narrations that other people would do this. There is the narration how some of the believers will come to Allah and they will say, Oh Allah, our brothers, they used to pray with us, they used to fast, they used to hajj everything with us. So then Allah will say, take out whomsoever has the iman in his heart. Then they will come back and Allah will say, go take out anybody with half an atom's weight of iman, less than that of iman. So all of those people will then be removed from the fire by the intercession of the other believers. So these types of uh, uh, intercessions will occur on the day of judgment. Some of them are specific, some of them are general. And that is where we'll mention it up to so far. And we'll carry on with more details regarding the intercession. More details regarding the rules of the intercession, the second half of this chapter, insha'Allah ta'ala, from next week at the same time. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammadu ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. If you haven't done so, you should try to get a copy of this book. It's available, translated in English as well. The summarized explanation of Sheikh Fawzan is available in English. That blue one there, just hold it up. This blue one is available, those blue ones, they are the summarized translation of Sheikh Fawzan's explanation. There is Abdurrahman, Sheikh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi, 
that is available as well, translated into English. So there are a couple of versions available in English with the brief translations of the explanations of Kitab Tawheed. You should get those copies so you have the book in front of you. You can see what we're reading and what we're talking about in front of you. When you go home, you can revise over it. When you come the next lesson, you have that copy of the book again. It makes it a lot better to study. So try and get a copy of these books, 8, 10 pounds or something. Get a copy of it. It's useful. It benefits you all your life. So inshallah ta'ala, we'll carry you in next week.